Did um, I tell you that I went out for dinner on Valentine's Day and ended up sitting two tables over from uh, Christopher Wait, Phillips? you did? I did. Okay, first of all, it's very brave to go out on Valentine's Day by yourself. <laughs> like, I, like, Hey, I had a magazine. Clap, clap, clap to you. Like, that's, <laughs> so it's Valentine's Day, and you go out to the same place as Chris Phillips and for it Valentine's was, And it Day. wasn't even Big Rig. Whoa, this is, you're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm breaking the news here. I'm not going to report that I saw Chris Phillips at Big Rig. That's not news. <laughs> that's just dog bites man. But when Chris Phillips <laughs> goes to another restaurant, that's news. You dotted in red. Remember Todd White. Where did Eric Carlson eat last night? It doesn't matter if you ask. It's the Chet and Luke Podcast. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode leg one. <laughs> Just kidding. It's episode Kuba of the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi Podcast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined as always by the man who will not wave his no trade clause because he owns several unlicensed tattoo parlors in the Ottawa area. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing well. You thank always, you. Um, I was a little bit worried. We don't rehearse these uh, intros, and I was. I know how you like to be topical. I was a little worried that you were going to introduce me as like the Christian Gray of Sens Twitter or something like that, <laughs> which I was very nervous about. <laughs> so what's going on? Well, I mean, things have been happening since we last talked. One of the biggest pieces of news uh, is probably that uh, our boy Patrick Persons in Canada. He is around, and he's um, uh, he's keeping it uh, pretty low profile uh, compared to last year, I have to say. And I don't know if that's by design or not, but uh, other than seeing some pictures of him uh, at the Brian Adams show with um, uh, Carlson and his girlfriend last night, there didn't seem there doesn't he doesn't seem to be. Uh, uh, you know, live tweeting haircuts and, you know, clubbing or at least, you know, putting that stuff on uh, Twitter and Instagram as much as he did last year. So that's kind of disappointing. I was hoping to get another kind of porthole into uh, the world of Eric Carlson through Patrick Person's uh, annual February trip to Ottawa. And uh, so far, it doesn't seem like it's happening. See, this is where you've kind of revealed your age here, because as much as there hasn't been very much Patrick Person going up on, say, the, the Twitters and the Instagrams, Patrick Person's uh, Snapchat game has been very strong uh, while he's been in while he's been in canada yeah i guess and, I, I guess i am uh I, I need a cell phone for that right yeah exactly like the you've got to get off the old rotary dial and pick up one of these uh one of these iphone things oh i'm just getting used to touch tone so um but uh no i wonder if uh carlson said hey we had a great time last year but uh maybe dial it down a little bit this year maybe don't put everything out there like me and my onesie dancing to abba uh at two in the morning when we're both blind drunk and about to draw on each other's faces <laughs> with sharpies um, which happened by the way that we, was one of the things that showed up on snapchat it was, oh it was like, did yeah, it actually <laughs> yeah patrick fell asleep and then woke up with permanent marker on his face well that's so. that's it i'm going down to uh i'm going down to walmart this afternoon i'm buying myself the first uh burner cell phone that i can find and i'm uh, i'm getting on snapchat but um we don't have patrick person on this episode right uh apparently not oh that's too bad i and mean i did i did reach out to him but I'm starting to think that maybe like my 35 DMs might have been a bit much. <laughs> so does he still follow you on Twitter after you sent him 35 DMs? That's a good question. Actually, I'll check right now. 
this is this is this is dramatic, yes, folks. He, yeah, it's, uh, Patrick Person does still follow me. Now, so does he, he hasn't he hasn't completely cut the cord. Okay, but nice. does he follow like thirty five hundred people, or are you like in an actually a pretty uh pretty small exclusive group? Because he doesn't follow me. Four ninety two on the following. That's not so. okay. That's pretty exclusive for a guy yeah. for guys popular as him. So he's definitely yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely like the American Express Platinum. Right. right? So he's like he's definitely consciously ignoring your DMs. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Well, Patrick, so, if you're listening to this, we still want to have you on. Um, although, uh, if you don't want to do it, that's fine too. We're not going to uh, we're not going to put it in the street any more than this. We're not going to call you up publicly. We're not going to uh, suggest that you've been ducking us because you're afraid of the tough questions. It's never too late. And look, here's the thing, Patrick. Like, I've seen I've seen what you have to say, and I think that. Your opinions on Alex Ovechkin, especially, are something that deserve a wider audience. So, I, I if, you, agree. if you've got something to say about the Great Eight, I say you bring it to us. We can bring it to the people, and yep. you know, and you let's, know let's make some showbiz happen. And and if you just want to basically turn this into a CrossFit podcast and talk about the right and wrong way to do hack squats for 25 minutes, I'm happy to do that too. I am. You know, I want to include people. I want I want him to feel at home on this podcast. So I'm very happy to turn this into a heavy lifting podcast uh, where we can discuss uh, technique. But speaking of guys who like to hit the club, were you aware that a certain Marcus K. Mathot Esquire, M.D., is will be remaining in Ottawa for the next four years. I I have heard that. I think that's I think that's great news, isn't it? Though the sad part is now we know that the one core piece of the this team leadership that there's just simply no money left for that. Unfortunately, we're going to have to uh, say goodbye to, uh, and which I understand because he would have been the most expensive of all of them is uh, Eric Condra. Yeah, I mean, let's pour some out for Eric Condor right now, because, let's face it, there's only so many guys you can find to play fourth line minutes and kill penalties, right? So, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. but it's, I, I like Eric Condor, right? And well, it's, it's, we all we all like Eric Condor, but here's the thing, is that I think the kind of rending of garments over his possible departure is a little overblown, and reads like, oh my god, however will we replace Eric Condra, yell fans of a team with Derek Grant on it. Yeah, I, like. I no, I mean, look, I, I, I agree with you, right? It's just that, I mean, I, I guess my point is is that I'd rather have a million or two million dollars of Eric Condra than three million dollars of um, Chris Neal or Jared Cowan or somebody like that, right? I guess that brings us to our, ne- our next point then, which is just who should be traded on this Ottawa Senators team? Because <laughs> I think Chris Neal should be traded, but I think he won't be traded. Okay, instance. well, so so let's start with Chris Neal, because I think I think I agree with you. I don't think Chris Neal will be traded, but I do think he should be traded. I think that if there's a market for Chris Neal and people want Chris Neal and think he'll be useful, I think, yeah, I'll take a draft pick back for Chris Neal because his role can be filled adequately by the aforementioned Derek Grant or like probably any of about like three or four different people in Binghamton right now. Well, and but he'll save us money. Brian, which, Brian Murray said a couple of times, though, that he is very concerned about losing some degree of toughness on this team, right? That that he does think that that Chris Neal brings uh, a very important element to this team, and that that's worth more than what he'd probably get for Chris Neal, which would be what maybe a third round draft pick. Like I don't think they're going to trade a career senator for a third round draft pick, and it's it's kind of weird in a way, right? Because you sort of let one of your better Corsi forwards, Eric Condra, w- looks looks like he's going to walk away, right? But they're like, no, 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 we have to make sure that we keep Neal because that's that's more important to have and i just sort of feel like it's it's um you're you're putting the cart before you own a horse essentially (laughs) 
It's sort of like when my when my dog makes very sure that he um, can collect as big a pile of sticks as possible. He's like, I've, I've, I've definitely got the stick game on lock. I've got all the sticks. I've gathered up this huge pile of sticks. Nobody can touch my sticks. But he can't feed himself. So it's sort of like that when I sort of see the senators collecting uh, gritty forwards and making sure that they're not going to get pushed around in the playoffs that they're not going to make because they don't have enough guys who can score goals and win possession battles. Um, that's kind of the way I look at, at the decision to trade Chris Neal. I think they should do it, but I think they want to make sure they're still sitting on that big pile of sticks and Chris Neal's the way to do it. But, you know, there is something to be said. I was um, talking to a colleague of mine who is a Habs fan, and he was... Oh. Oh, that's, that's too bad. And this was after the Senators beat the Habs this week, you know, which was which is always very satisfying. And he was saying, I said, well, what I said to him was, you know, we, we beat your team and I know we're not going to make the playoffs, but I honestly think you're going to get run in the first round. I don't think the, the Habs are actually that good. And he disagreed with that, obviously. Well, you're, you're doing God's work there, first of all. <laughs> but like, I, I said, shout out to you. I said, look, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of like goon hockey, but I will say, and this was definitely true in the playoffs two years ago, that your team, the Montreal Canadiens, as soon as they start to get bullied and pushed around, seem to lose their minds and do really stupid things, which he agreed with, and he said. Um, so I know who the Montreal Canadiens need to pick up uh, at the trade deadline to ensure uh, that they're not going to be pushed around in the first round of the playoffs. And I said, oh, and who would that be? And he said, have you heard of this guy in Buffalo named Chris Stewart? <laughs> said, I would love for Montreal to pick up Chris Stewart. That would be <laughs> perfect. That would be the cherry on top of the season. Is if, if the Senators, by virtue of the fact that they uh, did not make the playoffs, had to pass on Chris Stewart and he went to the Habs instead. I'd be so happy if that happened. But he was so excited about the possibility. He was like, Chris Stewart, that's that's really the missing piece. That's what the Habs need. And I was like, bang a gong, man. That sounds great. Hope you get him. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you don't, Chris Neal's available. God, can you imagine Chris Neal being traded to the Habs? I'd feel so strange about that. What are we getting back? <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine like Brandon uh, get, Rust and Chris back, Neal coexisting in the same locker room. That's yeah, weird. you're you're just getting back weird emotions. That's all you're getting if Chris Neal is traded to the Habs. Although I'm sure the Habs are on his no trade list. Did you see that um, ESPN article this week about um, the five cities that are the most common on uh, NHL players as no trade lists? I did. Um, Winnipeg, Buffalo. I think it was. Um, Winnipeg, uh, I think it was Edmonton was number one. Then, yes, then Edmonton, Winnipeg, Winnipeg, then Buffalo, Buffalo and, then and then Ottawa and Toronto were tied. Which for totally different reasons, I assume. Right. So, I, well, I think what they said was that with Ottawa, it was more of a uh, cash issue, um, and with Toronto, it was more of a media issue. Although I did like basically, that they, basically, I, <laughs> basically Toronto has too much of everything, and Ottawa has not enough of everything. Well, what made me feel good about that article was they said players don't want to go to Ottawa because they don't think the team has any money but right above that it's like they don't want to go to winnipeg edmonton or buffalo because the teams are terrible and the cities are small and dark and cold and i was like i'll take that yeah. <laughs> if if players think well ottawa is actually a very cosmopolitan place it's just too cheap i'm like all right i'm <laughs> that's that's the the sort of ottawa inferiority complex that i have that um most people in ottawa have which is why we got so excited when bobby ryan chose us as his forever partner 
going back to our, our trade deadline talk, um, Chris Phillips is apparently could be on the block. Again, he's got a limited no trade. But I don't understand why anybody thinks that even that, that anybody would, would be interested in, in Chris Phillips at this stage. Like maybe if this was three years ago, um, somebody would take him on as like a third pairing defenseman for the playoffs. But when Brian Murray says, oh, it would take a great offer for me to trade somebody like Chris Phillips, it's like, who's even making any offers? Like, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't even know why we're talking about this. Yeah, that's, that ship has sailed, forgot its keys, come back, and then sailed again at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> That's about probably all we've got at this point. And you know what? I'm, I've made my peace with that. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, it, it seems to me more likely that Chris Phillips would retire than be traded. Yes. And you know what? He might okay. still retire. I, I guess I just don't understand how, you know, I mean, they're talking about he's he played game 1179. Congratulations to you, Chris Phillips. And he has not played since. Right. So he just barely broke the record. And now he's out with wear and tear. And some people are saying, oh, well, maybe that's a ploy not to get traded. And some people are saying it's a uh, way to save face because he wasn't really going to be barely playing for the rest of the season anyway. So they got him his milestone. And now he's kind of going to go off into the sunset. But I guess my question is, how did the team team not see this coming uh, when they re-signed him last year. Who could have possibly predicted that an aging defenseman would just fall off a cliff other than anyone? Right, and <laughs> and now we're talking about a potential trade that will never happen, a potential retirement that I don't think will happen either, because I don't see Chris Phillips leaving any of this money on the table. Right, and, here, um, and that's, or, that's true, I, and here's what's going to happen I, instead, is we're going to have Chris Phillips' assistant coach. <laughs> he's going to be he's going to make more money than Dave Cameron as an assistant coach, and he's we're just going to pull a Luke Richardson. Also, I could totally see that, especially after Luke Richardson um, decamps to Buffalo to go live with Tim Murray. I Allegedly. Could, <laughs> I could totally see Chris Phillips taking on a role. In, like, Because um, who's the other guy that they've, they've hired as like the defense coach? Jason Smith? Yo, Big Rig Bingo <laughs> is going to happen in two years. Book it. If you're Daniel Alfredson right now and you sort of look at Chris Phillips having beaten your all-time Senators game record by one, uh, and it looks like he's done for the foreseeable future. I mean, maybe if there is actually something legitimately uh, wrong with him, and maybe that's what's been bothering him all year that he's trying to play through, maybe he's done. Maybe he's done forever. If you're Daniel Alfredson, how badly do you want to unretire and just play one or two more games to take that record back? I was actually kind of thinking about something along these lines earlier this week. Think about this. Daniel Alfredson, playoff ringer, where basically he unretires with a week to go in the regular season and signs for a team he likes the look of and then just plays playoffs each year. <laughs> no, he doesn't he... have to he doesn't have to play a full season. He just plays the he just plays like third line, fourth line minutes for some playoff team and then just chases a ring that way. Like, don't you think that Daniel Alfredson at the age of 43 is still better than most fourth liners? I could like, see Alfredson doing like a um, Gordie Howe thing and just unretiring every couple of years and coming back. And I could see him playing one or two games a season in Ottawa until he's in like his early 50s. Right. Like, I mean, I think he could not that he'd necessarily be very good or that he'd necessarily want to do it. But I could see him if he just said, you know what, I'd like to unretire and play a couple of games this year. Who in Ottawa says no? I mean, how many tickets do you sell to a uh, Tuesday night game against the Florida Panthers in 2020 uh, featuring the uh, return of a 49 year old Daniel Alfredson? Who doesn't go to that? The only person who says no is probably Alex Chieson, <laughs> who's like, but that's my roster spot. And then Dave Cameron is like, shut up and get in the press box. Yeah, he'll um, he'll still be here in 2020. 
I have a feeling, and I don't know that it's going to happen at the deadline, but when Brian Murray says, we've got some moves we want to make, but we're probably going to wait until the summer to do it, that tells me that they are going to see what happens with their RFA forwards, and the ones they don't think they can sign at the price they like are going to be the guys who are traded. So whether that's Chieson, whether that's Stone, whether that's Hoffman, whether that's Zibanejad, I think those are the guys they're going to start negotiations whoa, 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 with, and then like, some of them are going to get traded. One of those things is not like the other, and I'm not just saying that because one of their names starts with the letter A. Shayson <laughs> is is definitely the least impressive of the four. The only, I think, rationale for keeping him around is the fact that he was the piece in the Jason Spezza deal. Yeah, you don't want to pretend like the Jason Spezza trade wasn't a massive loss. That's the only reason you keep him around. <laughs> That's possible, right? You know who I, of those four guys, you know who I would trade? And I think some people will be nodding when I say this and others will say I, would cra- I am crazy. I would trade Mike Hoffman. I would... And I would trade him and I would trade him soon. I'm serious. I'm not saying he's not good. He's he's having a really good year. Like he's a little bit lucky, but he's also still good. But he's also twenty-five. And when I look at him being twenty-five and Mark Stone being like what, twenty-one, twenty-two, mm-hmm. uh, I think Mark Stone's future is a lot brighter than Mike Hoffman's. I guess the thing about trading Mike Hoffman is that if I'm trading Mike Hoffman, I want a top four defenseman back. If Mike Hoffman's getting traded, it's because Ottawa's getting Keith Yandel in return. Mike Hoffman is better than Corey Conacher, for sure. But to me, it's the same kind of sell high on your rookie scoring leader kind of deal. You know, it's going to I can see a lot of people saying, why would they you know, if this is a team that's rebuilding, why would they trade away their young talent? But Mike Hoffman is 25. He's not that young. Yeah, this is we're probably looking at peak Mike Hoffman. We're seeing peak Hoffman right now. Exactly. So, I mean, if you can sell high on Mike Hoffman, I would do it. Ottawa can make, Ottawa has the pick and the prospects to make one move for a guy, for an established what guy. What prospects? What who? What prospects does Ottawa have, realistically? I don't know. You just you were the guy who just said we should trade Mike Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a prospect at this point. What? So anyone who makes the anyone who makes the team is by definition no longer a prospect. No, but I, what I'm saying is who? Well, okay, but so I guess arguably you could trade Mark Stone, right? Uh, I wouldn't recommend doing that. I think Mark Stone is the kind of guy you're trying to get, right? Low cost, Mm. young, uh, on his way up. Those are the guys you want to lock down. I hope that they realize what they have with Mark Stone, sign him to a long-term deal as soon as possible, and keep him around, uh, even over a guy like Mike Hoffman, if you had to choose between the two. That's, That's how highly I think of Mark Stone. Outside of Mark Stone, I don't think they have anybody that they would be willing to deal for, you know, legitimate NHL talent that any other team would actually want. Like Shane Prince, Derek Grant, Matt Pumple, Chris Weidman, Freddie Clayson, they could all turn into decent role players in the NHL, but no other team is going to get really excited about those guys, right? They might be a throw-in on a deal if Mike Hoffman is also involved, but there's not like a wealth of talent, like blue-chip prospects that the Senators can afford to deal uh, because they don't have any. So I will change my phrasing. Ottawa has players and a good first-round draft pick this year that they can use to trade for someone established and then maybe that ends up being a top four defenseman we're going like mad theoretical here by the way like, okay so you get, could out, argue- get out get out your get out your notebooks okay you could arguably do the bobby ryan deal again 
right? Right. You could exactly. take the first, you could take Mike Hoffman, and you could take Shane Prince, you know, uh, or Matt Pumple. Let's say Matt Pumple, former first round pick. You could take those three guys and you could trade them for a quote unquote top six forward. Right. Right. You could do that again. Then you have even, you know, less young talent, but you do have an established scorer. You do get a top four defenseman. I agree that they could do that. Right. Um, I don't know that that would do all that much in terms of getting them. It might help them squeak into the playoffs next year. But again, you know, another year down the road and you've got even less coming up ready to take the places of guys who are leaving. That may be the way Brian Murray's continuing to think. All I'm saying is I can understand the approach of saying, let's not do that again and keep sort of patching stuff up and keep, um, you know, making the team so top heavy. Let's just start from the bottom again, draft, you know, 92 guys in the next five years like Buffalo is trying to do now and, you know, see what shakes out of that. And so we bring it all the way back. Okay, bring it all the way back. And we go, for the love of God, this deadline or eventually trade David Leguan, Milan McCulloch, and Chris Neal. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think any... Okay, so... And like, I don't even care. Like, we're not trading them because we get stuff back. We're trading them because they are roster spots. Yep, and and they let us keep Eric Condra, which is all I want to do. I don't even care about the RFAs anymore. I just want to keep Condra so I can keep making the jokes. That's all I want. (laughs) I mean, Legwand, I think, has some trade value. And honestly, I do think Legwand, of all the guys we're going to talk about on this podcast, is the most likely to be traded. uh, Because I think somebody will say, okay, he's a uh, veteran center, uh, you know, defensive forward, power play guy. We'll we'll take a chance on him in the playoffs. I don't think the Sens will get much for him, but it is about freeing up some money, freeing up a roster spot. So Legwand makes sense. McCulloch is playing as well as he possibly can to facilitate a trade, but I just don't see anybody saying, okay, well, we like the way he's playing now. We'll sell, We'll take another two years after this at $4 million a year. I don't see that happening. That's okay. I'm okay with Milan McCulloch, lifetime senator at this point. <laughs> he almost is. I mean, he's been, uh, he's been a senator longer than I think just about anybody except for Phillips and Neal. Yeah, I think it's McCulloch and Carlson are the, yeah. uh, after Phillips and Neal are gone, are the longest serving senators. I think that's right. And but, you know, but if, he if doesn't you're looking feel for a guy, like a career senator, does he? Like, he still feels like, oh, yeah, he's the throw-in from the Danny Heatley deal. Yeah, it's true. The centerpiece of that trade was obviously uh, Jonathan Chichu <laughs> for all the good it did. I'll tell you who we were talking about potentially trading one or the other and whom we now know neither will be traded probably ever uh, are Craig Anderson and Robin Lehner. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I can't imagine any scenario where the senators say, all right, we'll trade one or the other and we'll roll the dice with Andrew Hammond as our backup goalie. Because the second, like, everybody was okay with Anderson being hurt and we're like, all right, Lanner's starting nine in a row and even though he's not having the best stretch right now, you know, we'll let him work it out. We'll throw him in there. And then as soon as he and MacArthur went down in that terrible um, collision a couple of nights ago and, you know, we kind of said, oh, so we actually are going to start Andrew Hammond as our goalie now. Everybody kind of just started tugging on their collars and going like, ooh, you know? I don't see the team ever going that way I, unless they are going to make a deal in the offseason, sign a veteran backup who can who can play with a guy like Craig Anderson and then say, okay, we can trade Robin Leonard. I um, kind of, I was kind of into, like, not into it, but like, I did, okay, I don't like the fact that Clark MacArthur and Robin Leonard got hurt. No, like, and the worst that's, part that's, about, that's, really, that's really bad. The worst part about that is, is that they both have concussions and per the 
NHL's concussion protocol. I understand basically, you know, you get evaluated, you can't come back in the game and you have to go lie down in a dark room for a while uh, while you are sort of working out concussion-like symptoms. And I feel like not only did Clark MacArthur potentially get concussed by Robin Leonard on that play, but even more dangerously, he was then probably put in a darkened room with a disoriented Robin Lanner <laughs> right after that happened, which is which is even more dangerous. Uh, so that's bad news for Clark MacArthur. And I think one of the reasons why they haven't been all that forthcoming about what's wrong with these guys is that Robin Lanner probably ate part of Clark MacArthur's face. <laughs> oh, man, the walking Robin. Exactly. But I, I don't think that there's, I mean, there's no goalie talent in the cupboard in Ottawa um, after Robin Lanner. I but- know Andrew Hammond had a great night the other night, and congratulations to him. But, you know, we've always said, okay, you can trade one of your goalies, but then who's your backup? And I don't. I think, you know, what we're realizing is that if they are ever going to be in a situation where they need uh, a backup, for uh, Craig Anderson or Robin Leonard because they've decided that's the guy. Um, they're going to need to go sign somebody else because they don't have anybody. I don't think they they're comfortable going with Andrew Hammond for any length of time. So if there is if there is a deal there, it's going to be in the off season when Robin Leonard no longer has a concussion. Uh, the Senators can go get like an Alex Ald type or a Brent Johnson type, uh, and then Robin Leonard will be traded to Edmonton, but not not now. Jared Cowan, there's a guy that's not going to be traded. They still well, <laughs> love Jared Cowan, and we saw all said, okay, well, maybe he'll be better this year. Not not happening. I like the idea of trading Jared Cowan. Jared Cowan's no longer the centerpiece of anything. If like I would absolutely throw him into any deal. It's like, That's oh, we, can, we can't, we can't, we need something to grease the tires on this and be like, how about Jared Cowan? Well, there was that rumor going around that allegedly the Senators had a deal in place for Taylor Hall, but the Edmonton Oilers wanted uh, Jared Cowan, and Brian Murray said absolutely not. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that is true or not, but um, the reason why it's such a great rumor is because you could believe it was true. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if it's true or not, as long as it sounds reasonable, because I do believe that they do really like Jared Cowan still. They probably think he'd be the centerpiece of a deal, but I agree with you. I don't think at this point he would be. I think he'd really be, frankly, more of a throw-in. Someone's, uh, someone's going to may... take Brian Murray aside and just be like, yo, do you like Jared Cowan? Or do you like the idea of Jared Cowan? <laughs> like, someone's got to go Dr. Phil on that guy. And you know what? Real talk, we may be getting to that point pretty soon with Robin Leonard, too, Ooh, right? Cool. Where you're going to be, you're better off sticking with him um, simply because, you know, another year of not developing into the stud blue chip player that everybody expected. And then other teams say, eh, I don't know that I really want to overpay for that. Well, this got dark. <laughs> hey, I know who's going to get traded. Patrick Weirkosh. Hey, Bruce there we Garriock go. Bruce Garriock pretty much writes an article every day saying Patrick Weirkosh is definitely getting traded. And that's probably going to be to Buffalo or something for a uh, third round pick. Like Patrick Weirkosh, I said earlier, is like the, the fish of Ottawa Senators defenseman. He's got this amazing following for no apparent reason. <laughs> I would love to follow uh, Patrick Weirkosh around as he ends up playing for uh, basically every team in the uh, in the Atlantic Division. That would be great. Just go from parking lot to parking lot, doing whippets and uh, watching Patrick Weirkosh. That'd be Patrick great. Weirkosh is starting tonight on February the 21st. And you know what? This could be the night that he finally ties Mark Borowiecki for points this season. <laughs> so do you think he might be the Eric Condra of defenseman i i don't understand why they hate him so much 
<laughs> like he's not he's not anybody to get super excited about but and neither is Eric Condra but these are competent guys by and large and uh, it just seems like they are constantly getting pushed out by guys that you know don't really have a lot of upside whether that be David Legwand or Mark Borbietsky or Chris Neal or Milan McCulloch or Jared Cowan like these these guys seem to keep getting the chances that I feel like Patrick Weirkosh never really got so you're saying that like all Patrick Weirkosh needed was the scholarship that Jared Cowan got and like he could have <laughs> also been a Rhodes scholar yeah I think I think that's I think that's probably right like I feel like Jared Cowan keeps getting jobs because of the Harvard diploma uh whereas Patrick Weirkosh with his um basically DeVry computer science degree uh has to keep hustling uh from team to team uh for probably the next uh, 10 years until he's out of the league just because he doesn't have the pedigree or the uh he's as tall as Jared Cowan at least yeah it's true he's, got he's a tall like you'd think that people would say, "Oh, he's very tall." Let's uh, let's keep giving him chances because you can't teach tall, right? That seems to be the only logic with Jared Cowan. Is there anybody else we can talk about who might be traded? We um, talked about the goalies. We talked about this, the defensemen. This is this might be considered uh, high blasphemy, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Curtis Lazar. Yes. Exactly. Ah, you read it. my mind. It's just one of those guys who could be put in a package for someone who, like, again, it's the Bobby Ryan deal. Curtis Lazar might be the Jakob Silverberg in a Bobby Ryan deal part two. Yeah, I guess it depends on the return. Um, I don't know that he's got, like, the thing about Lazar is I really like him and, you know, he plays the game the right way and all of that. I don't know that his ceiling is... He helped is... Bobby Ryan move. Like, that's know. amazing. <laughs> like, he showed up with his truck. Bobby Ryan bought him pizza, like, moved his bed through three different rooms before he finally decided which one was going to be the master bedroom. I, I don't like... really understand that because, I mean, obviously Bobby Ryan hired movers. And if anything, you would think that it would be in these guys' contract. Like, you know how it says you're not allowed to skydive, you're not allowed to base jump you're not allowed to like jet ski out of your mind on cocaine uh because you're gonna you know tear up your knee or break your back or or you know twist your arm or something like that yeah. like there's all this stuff with insurance like i would assume that the number one thing you'd put in a player's contract is you're not allowed to move and you're not allowed to help anybody move right you're not allowed to basically wrench your back trying to move bobby ryan's california king bed <laughs> up a flight of stairs like if he was just hanging around drinking beer and eating pizza with bobby ryan i think that's cool but like i see no reason why you would let your basically million dollar a year prize prospect move anything. That's why Curtis Lazar is a cut above, though, is because <laughs> he weighs the words on his contract versus the action of being a good friend. <laughs> and he said, I need to be here for this guy right now, and I'm going to ignore these words on paper. So, and, yeah, so when Brian know, Murray says do you what, do it again, do, do what I feel is right in my heart. You do it again, and we're voiding your contract. And Curtis Lazar says, I stick with my bro. You think you think that's how it works? God, he's perfect, isn't he? Oh, my God. And I wonder if there's a quid pro quo that um, when Curtis Lazar finally moves out of Chris Phillips' house that uh, Bobby Ryan's going to help him move. Although I feel like Bobby Ryan probably owns more stuff than uh, than Curtis Lazar does. I don't. I, <laughs> I feel like Curtis Lazar lives in Chris Phillips' basement, but literally all he has is like a bag of hockey gear and a coat uh, and like <laughs> an RC car that he Bobby Ryan's with. got like a birch bark canoe with glass over it that's actually a coffee. Yeah, pool. Bobby Ryan's got... 
got all kinds of knickknacks from his world travels and like three or four cars and like a whole home gym. And Curtis Lazar literally just has like a little hobo bindle. I uh, made with... this chair out of a stump I found on my Idaho farm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's pure oak. It's 400 pounds. Right. Maybe you get one of the movers to help you with that, Curtis. Whereas, whereas Curtis Lazar lives in Chris Phillips's basement. All he's got is a cot and a bag of marbles. Like he's not going to be difficult to move. He doesn't own anything. Um, so I put out a call uh, last night after um, a few drinks, I think, for mailbag questions. And I thought maybe we haven't done a mailbag in a while, so maybe we could uh, we could answer a couple questions, make sure we've still got our finger on the pulse of uh, Senator's Land and make sure we're answering the questions that are uh, at the top of people's minds. Uh, so you want to answer a couple? Yeah, sure. Okay. So That's- why don't we start with an actual hockey question? Because I'm looking at just going, just going off our deadline talk. I've got one here from um, Not M. Stone. He wants to know, extend one, trade one, kill one. 25, 4, and 15. So that's uh, Neil Phillips and Smith. How are we killing the person we kill? <laughs> See, because I don't. I'll be. I don't really like this question. I don't want to no, kill anybody. Because here's the thing: like, I don't want to actually kill any of those guys. But I would send Chris Neal out into the wilderness with nothing but a hatchet and you know three days worth of supplies to make his own way in the woods. Because I oh, think he'd, he'd, he'd I, be, I think I think he'd be fine with that. He'd be you know? fine. He'd be fine. It's kind of um, like if and if he dies, then it was just you know nature doing its job. So so here is my answer. Um, of the three, I guess I'd extend Zach Smith. I think he's the best player of the three. He's definitely the youngest. I guess I'd trade Chris Neal because that's what we've just been talking about. And And I would not kill Chris Phillips, but I would sort of let time take care of that. Right. Like an old clock slowly winding down. Exactly. Right. That's that's the that's the order of uh, that's the order of things. Uh, Johnny at Pesky Sends Hockey wants to know what classic rock song best represents Eric Carlson. Ooh. So let's dad it up. What do you think? That's a good question. There's a, there's a lot of things going on with Eric Carlson, right? He's a complex animal, you know? So, like, we're not think we're not talking some three-minute Bachman-Turner Overdrive song, you know? This is not Hey You. This is something, so, this is something a little more epic than that. So that that's kind of the way I, I started to think about it, right? Because I agree with you. He's not a stay-at-home, big-shot, meat-and-potatoes, you know, defenseman, right? Like, he's not a uh, Shea Weber type, where you you know do something like a um, three chords and a and a cloud of dust kind of thing. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's definitely you know complicated. Lots of technical virtuosity. Lots of stuff going on. The first song, and this isn't my answer, but the first song that came to mind for me was "Roundabout" by Yes. Right, Ooh, because that's a, that's eight minutes long. It's extremely busy. It's got a lot of um, it's got a lot of weird solos in it. But I kind of hate prog rock, and I kind of don't want to associate Eric Carlson with prog rock. So then I was sort of thinking, okay, well, he can also get very psychedelic. Uh, you know, he can do a lot of crazy things, and he's Swedish. Uh, and there's all kinds of great, you know, Swedish psych bands from the '60s and '70s, like the Baby Grandmothers and Parson Sound and International Harvester. And but those whoa, are all. Whoa, 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 whoa! Do you want me to bring? <laughs> over a broom and basket for you to like sweep up all these names you just dropped (laughs) (laughs) but i was like names everywhere i was like but none of that is classic rock so i can't use that either and then i was sort of thinking well he's also somebody that is in a weird kind of way like he's underappreciated um i don't know if some people would say well sense fans overappreciate him but he's so good at so many things that you kind of tend to like i feel like the standard by which eric carlson is judged is significantly higher uh, because he's so good right and so it turns into even though he's doing so many amazing things people still have conversations about yeah he doesn't play defense well enough you know because it's like people tend to overlook all the great things he does so regularly and they 
they just sort of start to focus on, yeah, but he's annoying, or yeah, but I don't like his hair, yeah, but his tumbler is stupid, yeah, but he doesn't play defense, you know? And all of those things are, like, he, he's he's kind of more maligned than he probably should be by certain people. And so where I come out on this, in terms of thinking about that, thinking about technical virtuosity, thinking about being underappreciated, thinking about being Swedish, there's only one band that meets all of those criteria and was also recently just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you know who I'm talking about? Hit me with it. Eric Carlson is ABBA. <laughs> Of course, and, how did I not see it before? <laughs> and more specifically, and they're a rock band, man, and they wrote pop hit after pop hit to the point where people just couldn't even comprehend how good their songs were because there were so damn many of them. And if he's a specific ABBA song, he's the song Eagle. Do you know the song Eagle? I do not. Eagle opens up uh, 1975's ABBA, the album, but it's the opening cut. It's the longest uh, song that ABBA ever recorded. It's about six minutes long, and it basically sounds like Pink Floyd. It's got all these crazy synthesizers in it. It's got this like raging guitar solo in the middle. Like just when you think it can't go up any higher, the guitar solo comes in and Abba didn't do a lot of guitar solos. And it's just, that's Eric Carlson, right? He's just like doing it. You can't believe what you're seeing. And then all of a sudden, boom, here comes the guitar solo. I'm going to say that Eric Carlson is Telegraph Road by Dire Straits. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> oh, you're... <laughs> This this podcast is going to be the Chet and Somebody's Dad podcast. That's what this is going to be. I always went with a deep cut. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is that like I'm more you're going a with a 12 more... minute long Dire Straits song I'm... about about um... I'm a populist. <laughs> and, and what is that song about? There's a lot of stuff going on in that song. Okay. Well, that's a that's a bad song. I'm going to say <laughs> you're right. Abba is much better. Feisty wants to know, when are you guys going to do a podcast that recreates the drive home from the CTC parking lot? Um, if I wanted to create a podcast that recreated the drive home from the Canadian Tire parking lot, basically what I would, I, and you can you can recreate this um, environment at home. Here's what you need to do. Get a friend, sit in complete silence because you're both sort of a little bit disappointed. Turn off all the heat in your house so that it's very, very cold. Turn off the lights, turn off the heat. So it's cold, it's dark, you're sitting with your friend and neither you want to talk to each other, and then turn on Team 1200. And that is the best I can do to recreate the drive home from the Canadian Tire Center parking lot. So we can't turn that into a podcast. We'd just that be is, rebroadcasting TSN 1200. The driving home from the CTC experience. So, so for us to try to recreate that, I mean, I guess we could potentially do like a. Um, We'd have like to have Ian be... Mendez on, I guess. Yeah, Ian Mendez and um, who's the other guy um, uh, that Ian Mendez is usually talking? Let's say we've got Ian Mendez and Todd White, right? And just you could recreate it at home yourself by pretend you're Ian Mendez and just say, "So, Todd, what do you think went wrong tonight?" And that's basically the drive home from the CTC parking lot. Pretty much. We've got one from Liam Nolan. I'm going to leave it to you to answer because I'm too old, so I don't understand what it means. If Chris Phillips were a Pokemon, which one would he be? Slowpoke. Next question. Next question. What moments of Sens games would Kanye interrupt to say who would do a better job? And that's from our colleague Ross, uh, Sheer Craziness. So first of all, this is a premise where we're, we're in a universe where Kanye West is at a Senators game. Right. I mean, and also well, apparently able to get on the ice. Although, you know, that doesn't surprise me, given that he's Kanye West. That guy can do anything, let's face exactly. it. Exactly. You know, I, I think I'm going to go back to the old Paul McLean era on this, actually. You know, the Senators are down, they need a goal, and the goalie's been pulled, and Chris Neal steps up and is out on the ice. And Kanye comes down, and he looks Paul McLean directly in the eye, and he says, I'm going to let you finish. 
But Mike Hoffman's one of the greatest forwards of all time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's 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 what I, that's that's the moment. I think Kanye could not possibly deal with Chris Neal being out in the last minute of a Senators game where they're down by one. Uh, our editor Amelia and good friend uh, Mills uh, Millis SPQR wants to know uh, which senator do you want to eat sandwiches with most. Now, she's said sandwiches plural here, so we're eating more than one. She hasn't specified what kind of sandwich, which I think would be pretty important. I think that's a follow-up question, actually. I, th- I think I think it's a two-part question implied here, is like, who is the player and the sandwiches they're in? Right. Okay, so why don't we pair um, Senators players with sandwiches? Ready? Go. Bobby Ryan's a Reuben. Okay. Craig Anderson, grilled Cuban. A grilled Cuban? Yeah, Cuban. It's like a um, it's like a ham and cheese with pickle, and usually it's like a panini press. Wow, um, Jared I'm... Cowan, tuna sub from Mister Sub uh, with way too. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Not Subway, Mister Sub. Get and the it right. and the tuna mayo ratio is all wrong, so there's way too much mayo, and uh, it, like the bread is super soggy because of all the mayo. It's just gross. Uh, Zach Smith is a toasted western. I'll, I'll take that. See the qu- the real question is who do we want to bestow with the title of club sandwich? I would say that Eric Carlson would be the club sandwich, but it would be like one of those weird California club sandwiches that has like avocado in it and um, goat cheese and all kinds of like eggplant. It's probably a very delicious club sandwich, but at first you'd be like, it doesn't really look like a club sandwich to me. And then you try it and you're like, I don't know why I ever judged that club sandwich for being five foot eight, 145 pounds. It's amazing. Soaking wet. Clark MacArthur is like a really good uh, bacon tomato. Ah, see, I was trying to come up with that for so long. Right? It's unappreciated, but like in the right spot. And then you've got Mark Mathot, who's that guy who's loudly insisting that a taco is actually a sandwich, even though it isn't. (laughs) Or a hot dog, yes. (laughs) Chris Neal is one of those sandwiches that somebody put the potato chips in the sandwich and it tears up the roof of your mouth. The the Captain Crunch sandwich. (laughs) If Chris Neal was the captain of the Senators, is there any doubt that we'd be calling him Captain Crunch? Zero doubt, actually. Zero doubt. This is who he is. I would like to have a sandwich with Kyle Torres, because I feel like the two of us would just sit there eating our sandwiches quietly, really enjoying them, and we wouldn't feel the... It would be that comfortable silence. We wouldn't feel the need to talk. Kyle Torres and I would just be sitting there enjoying our sandwiches. That's that's the vibe I want to go with, just that that peaceful sandwich-eating vibe, and I feel like if I want a, a peaceful sandwich experience, Kyle Torres is the guy to do it with. I hope I'm not overthinking this. I'm going to go with Bobby Ryan because that guy is just chill as hell and he's like established his ability to like interact with people who are like fans. And I feel like I feel like he's good at pretending like he's you no know, giving you like deep Bobby Ryan insights. But really, he's keeping you at an arm's length. You know, that's a that, good that, that, that's OK by me. That's a good choice because he'd slap you on the back. He'd pay for your sandwich. You'd make sure you had a great time. Exactly. And that's all I Bobby really Ryan want. Make sure, Bobby Ryan makes sure that you have a positive sandwich experience with him. Exactly. I'd be like, yo, I like watching you play and you've got a great hat. He'd be like, thanks, man. Right. Allow me to Whereas if you had a sandwich with Jared Cowan, he'd be like, oh, mustard again. Mom. I'd be like, I'm going to pay for this because Cowan. you need to get a haircut. <laughs> all right, Amelia, I hope that answered your question. Uh, Ted's... Spriegel, Ted Sprite, Ted S wants to know which Sens player would you play against in Jenga? This to me is a no brainer. Okay, go ahead. Eric Condra. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm just thinking about that guy's hands. Come on. (laughs) Why did I let you go first? (laughs) 
All right, so uh, thank you for your questions, but uh, we're going to shut it down there for now. All right, uh, We'll see you in a few good. weeks, and we'll, we'll come back after the dust settles. Exactly. We'll come back, and all of our predictions will have come true. As has always happened. I'm going to call this podcast episode Spoiler Alert, because everything we're going to say is going to come true in the next three weeks, and when we're back, we'll be saying I told you so. All right, we're done here. Talk to you later. All right, see you later. For a couple of fellers who both still live with their moms Breaking the town's local hockey team down with some microphones on No other podcast was finer Or was more of a hit with the big rig diners We never thought they'd make it past episode 5 Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shed and Paris are alive Whoa, whoa, whoa the meltdown on Twitter when the senators re-sign Chris Neal next year is will have to be seen to be believed. Yo! Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I can't do this. I'm telling you, man. No, don't. No. 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 <laughs> when they re-sign him no. for another two years? No. <laughs> I can't do that. Get ready. I already went through this once. Get ready. No. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> All right. We're not offering that guy anything. Well, you're not. No. Ah. No. <laughs> no. Why? Why? Why would you? Why? 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 Have you? Why? I'm no. just saying it's a possibility. No.